Hello everybody and welcome back to Up North Books, a podcast that celebrates Northern writers, Northern publishers and books set in the North of England. We're back today to have a really casual chat about our favourite indie presses in the North. Lockdown is not an easy time for anyone, including indie bookshops, indie presses, and it is the smaller businesses that get hit the hardest. So we just wanted to basically come on here and celebrate some of the ones that we love and the books they've published that we've loved and some of the books that we're looking forward to. So I'm Beth um, and I'm with Kate. Hello. Hi, everybody. I'm here. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, we thought we'd just have a nice, chill chat today and talk about some books that we love because we haven't done it for a while. Yeah, I miss it. We're just having a good chat. Yeah. So shall we start with one of our favourite indie presses, Dead Ink Books, which is a Liverpool-based indie press. They're very cool. They publish writing that is super high quality and sometimes quite brave um but I think that's what people love most about them yeah definitely um so what books by dead ink have you loved Kate well obviously um in was it our last episode it would have been the one before our last one um was exit management yeah so we recorded an episode discussing exit management by Naomi Booth and um summer water by Sarah Moss yes well exit management um by Dead Ink that love we love Naomi Booth and they've done Sealed by Naomi Booth as well mm-hmm. um if you want to know more about exit management then go and listen to our third episode uh, so I'll read out the kind of a little bit of the blurb from Sealed heavily pregnant Alice and her partner Pete are done with the city above all Alice is haunted by the rumors of the skin sealing epidemic starting to infect the urban population Surely their new remote mountain house will offer safety, a place to forget the nightmares and start their little family. But the mountains and their people hold a different kind of danger. With their relationship under intolerable pressure, violence erupts and Alice is faced with the unthinkable as she fights to protect her unborn child. Which is kind of interesting to think about in regards to the kind of world we are living in right now. Definitely. I think it's definitely become more relevant for people who like to read about what they are currently experiencing. Yeah, and, and this was before. Yeah, it was. The coronavirus was pandemic. 2017 that came out. I'm not sure, but it was It was a couple of years. Yeah, 2017 or 2018, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, it's very much one of those books that it's in typical Naomi Booth fashion, very eerie um sort of like a subtle looming feeling of dread um, which she captures so well in her writing and I think that kind of speculative fiction is really cool yeah I agree um another one by dead ink that I have right next to me it, it was published really recently is London Incognita by Gary Budden it has this you can't see but has this gorgeous cover what would it's you say nice, it even is? It? Where is it? A car park or something? Yeah, I think it's supposed to sort of capture that like urban kind of like feel. Like a multi-storey space. Park. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it looks like. Yeah, it's cool. I think the, the dead ink covers are always like completely on point. Oh, definitely. Um, and this is a series of short stories. How many short stories? One, two, three, four, five, six... 
Oh, so like over 10 short stories mm-hmm. and it chronicles. So it says London incognita chronicles a city caught in the cycle of perpetual decline and continuous renewal. The English capital groaning under the weight of 2000 years of history as seen through the eyes of its desperate and troubled inhabitants. Ooh, it's a little so snippet. Good. I know. I think um, it's funny because on this podcast, we've done a lot of London bashing in terms of <laughs> uh, like the publishing industry and that kind of London centric attitude. But I think that those kind of books that really explore the complete variety and like depths of London and like especially working class life in London or um exploring those different communities can be really interesting yeah and I, I agree reading, I love reading about London I think yeah same it's come probably because it's a complete mystery to me like it, <laughs> I just can't imagine living there or growing up there it just seems so like vast and like people always talk about how if you like say if you have a friend on the other side of Manchester you can just like go straight to the house and visit them whereas if you have a friend on the other side of London it has to be like a week planned in advance yeah you need to figure out how you're going to get there because it's so spaced out and distant yeah so another book from dead ink which we actually had a reading from in blackwells whilst i was working there Mm. last year um sadly still confined to the walls of my home and away from the wine storage of blackwells (laughs) sad um (laughs) so sad but another good one was glitch by lee rourke yes Um, I won't go into too much detail because we we don't want to be talking all night, but that's another really good book, really interesting character relationships in that one. And Lee Rourke is a northerner too. He's from Manchester. So yeah, that's another one. Just to mention from Dead Ink before we continue, in the new year, I think, I'm not sure when it's going to come out now because of like obviously lockdown interrupting things, but they are publishing a Northern Writers Anthology called Signal. Um, which sounds amazing and the lineup looked incredible and I think um, Naomi Booth is on that lineup too yeah so I remember her to watch out for if you are looking for more northern fiction the one that I've been seeing everywhere on bookstagram recently is Cat Step by Alison Irvine oh yes I've been seeing that that. yeah I don't know if I'm like fully influenced by the cover or not because it's such a nice cover it's so nice isn't it yeah it gives me very like Joan Didion vibes I have like Mm. a Joan Didion cover that looks really similar yeah it definitely does it's really nice I don't know much about it but it does sound really good it's about like motherhood and an almost like um a neglectful moment that kind of oh right chases her yeah it sounds quite scary like a lot of all I've seen on Twitter this week is like, oh my God, I read mm. this. I can't go to sleep. Or like, this sounds so good. So yeah, it does sound really creepy, maybe. Yeah. But um, I'm Who sold. Knows? Yeah. I'm sold on the cover. It's um, on my list. It is on my list too. Next, I'm going to go to our friends in Manchester with Comma Press. Oh, hello, Comma Press. Hello, Comma. <laughs> uh, we love Comma Press. They are... A super cool publisher based in Manchester. They publish very radical um, fiction, short stories, poetry, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, I think like... I would say that they're like, for me, the kind of thing that they do best that I enjoy is short stories. Like everything I've written oh, yeah. down are, they short are the stories. master of the short story for sure. Yeah, 
I think their anthologies in particular are like they just go off every time yeah they, you, you know what you're gonna get you know you're exactly. gonna enjoy it you know it's gonna be good the covers are amazing the design the, the box, writing yeah. the writing most importantly <laughs> the writers that they actually get are really cool and they kind of highlight people who you may not have heard of before like unknown writers and then you read the short stories and you're like I want to read everything from this person yeah give me more so yeah really cool the one that I um wrote down from comma that I would suggest for people to read um is resist stories of uprising I love that um one. yeah I read resist in I think it was like March or April maybe it was later they all blur into one um, but it was like during the Black Lives Matter protests um, and like it was such a like poignant time to be reading a collection of short stories about protests and activism mm-hmm. in like British history. Yeah, it's so interesting as well because I actually read this on ebook and I, did, yeah, um, so did I. I kind of ended up treating it as kind of like a text I was studying and I was like highlighting probably every other sentence. And uh, I just really loved it. It was very powerful and moving. And I think like that's a, a very common thread in Common Press's work is that you will be moved whatever way that may be. You might be sad, you might be happy, but you'll yeah. be moved. <laughs> and like when you said that it was almost like a text that you were studying because it obviously like has the short fiction and then it will have like an accompanying essay that kind of explains yeah, exactly. the like history behind it. It was really interesting to obviously see the fictionalized version, but then to hear like the real stories, because obviously um, it spans from like Boudicca, like right through to Grenfell Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously quite a lot, like there is some of the stories towards the end, I can remember the history of it. But if you go right back to like centuries ago, I was being taught about like revolts and stuff that I'd never even heard of. Um, And it kind of shows that the kind of uprisings of the people and how that kind of changes, um, makes lasting change with the rulers and the government Mm -hmm. and how that still stands today, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. I think it's interesting to see where the the history of like protest comes from as well. Yeah. That kind of, um, time-spanning approach, um, something which I found really interesting. I think it's interesting as well for, you know, when you're debating people about why protests matter. Yeah. Um, like there was obviously a lot of discourse at the time of BLM with people saying that they were politicising an issue that didn't need to be politicised and stuff like that. And um, at the end of the day, it's like people's human rights. And I think it's interesting to know the precedent of stuff like that. Yeah. And that there's always been uprisings yeah. from the people and that yeah, hopefully it kind of makes change. Exactly. Um, but there was one story now, I don't know if you remember it, but it's like towards the end of the collection and it's called Seeds of Hope by Zoe Lambert. And it's all about, it's based in like Wharton, like near us, like near oh, where yeah, I'm from. That. Yeah. And it's about like these women like breaking into British aerospace. Um, and anybody that's from kind of where me and Beth are from. Um, oh, sorry if anyone can hear that um BAE is like everybody's dad works at BAE <laughs> around near, near us it's just like the only place that they all work yeah um, so to kind of see that 
in a story kind of written down and they were getting on the bus that I used to get on for college yeah. and like yeah it was really cool it's cool I remember that for people who don't know what it is it's like um a huge like factory kind of airplane building station yeah. in the middle of nowhere basically yeah but it's very because it's such a huge company like so many people in Blackpool work there so yeah when you see it mentioned in a book yeah and it was like the the whole kind of thing was them breaking into BAE and like trashing a load of planes um one that I know that you read as well and that I read as well is that Comma Press team up with Cambridge University to do the BBC National Short Story Award um and they did they released one really recently, um, a few months ago, which is basically like a collection of short stories <laughs> that people <laughs> kind of put in for the award. I don't think that there's ever a theme. I think it's just, you know, yeah, short, story. short story. And you get kind of like um, a really wide range where people kind of go in all sorts of different directions. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I really enjoyed the 2020 anthology. Me too. And also the... The winner was um, Sarah Hall this year, wasn't it? And she's a Northern writer, I believe, um, yes. which is cool. Those books are really a great way of diving into short stories if you've never read them before. Like it's a really small pocket size, but um, full of like really diverse and like varied stories. So if you don't really know what you're looking for, it's one of those you can just pick up and go through. And they've done so many, so many of them over the years that, there's like an endless range to choose from yeah definitely highly recommend the pink walrus cover of 2020 i was obsessed (laughs) with that when i saw it i love those walruses that the covers always have like a meaning and they're kind of to do with one of the stories that's inside Mm -hmm. and like finding out kind of reading it through and being like where did this pink walrus come from (laughs) yeah that's true and then they had a new one published i think it might have been at halloween on Halloween, but it was definitely around Halloween time. It was. Um, was the new abject tales of modern unease, um, which is part of like, I think it's almost like a series. They did one about the uncanny. Yes. And now they've done one about the abject and people, um, writers basically write in on the theory of the abject. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like Laura Williams, Mark Haddon, lots of other writers. I'm really excited to read that one. Yeah, that's definitely high up on mine. It's one of those topics that I don't know a huge amount about it, like technically. And I'd like to read more on that theme specifically. And I think like a short story collection is a really good way of doing that. With theories like the uncanny and the abject and stuff, there's like not never quite one angle to come at it from. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of however the writer interprets that, they can kind of run free with it. Yeah, they did um, a really interesting little series on their Instagram as well, Comma Press, where I think Laura Williams, I don't know if they're doing other ones, but I saw Laura Williams do it. And she did like a post about like the inspiration for her Oh, story. it was like a takeover, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool. I found that really interesting. She recommended some films as well, and I really want to watch them now. I remember um, when Eliza Clark published Boy Parts and she did like a takeover of Influx Press. And she like, it might have been a takeover. I can't really remember now. It was a while ago. But she was basically saying like the films that inspired her to write that. And I remember I was literally just like, I need to I need to watch that. I need to watch that. I need to read that. I need to read that. I love it when they do that because I feel like when you read a book, especially if you write as well, um, it's kind of like a complete insider perspective into what's going on in the author's head. Because I know when, when I'm writing... 
I can't write and read at the same time like if I'm in a writing flow and right. I'm I'm in I'm in the zone like in say for over a week I can't then go and read after because the next day when I write I will write in that exact style of the author that I yeah just read. I've done that I just can't do it so it's quite interesting that a lot of these writers use films as like their inspiration instead because it takes the writing out of it and keeps the kind of story and the female yeah and it also makes it much more visual so you can like picture yeah exactly yeah I am um, I remember when I was writing um like my long piece at university and I was I, I didn't have anything like, I remember going into my first meeting with my tutor and everybody had written like 2,000 words and I was like I have zero ideas and he just threw loads of short stories at me and he was like read one of them and just write something about it anyway and I remember I read like a George Saunders short story and that literally became my whole piece and the only way that I got to the piece was by copying him for a bit and then trying to find out like where my voice was. So yeah, I, like, I yeah. think that's really helpful actually. I do actually do that. Like if I can't get into the tense that I need to be in or mm. like if I'm writing a sentence and the sentence is just not arriving for me, I'll just like take a sentence from another book and then like follow on from that and then yeah. obviously get rid of it after. But um, yeah, yeah that's I agree. Anyway, back to the discussion. <laughs> um I think they're the three that I would say for comma. Yeah. Next up, we've got Peepartree Press, which is a Leeds-based publisher who publish Caribbean authors and Black British authors. So, yeah, I haven't actually read um, a lot from this publisher. It's quite a recent discovery for me. But there's so many books that I have on my list now from their press um, that I really want to read. One of the books that I really enjoyed from them earlier this year was The Mermaid of Black Conch. I don't know if you saw it going around um, on Twitter, but I did. the cover was really cool. And <laughs> it's another one of those which I literally bought because of the cover. Um, but it's set in the Caribbean, which I thought was really interesting because I don't think I've read any books set in the Caribbean. I might have done when I was younger, but I can't think of anything that I've read recently that was set in the Caribbean. Um, but I'm just really interested in that kind of culture, I suppose. And I was interested to read a fiction and also like a love story because oh. I feel like a lot of stories that you read about the Caribbean are from like a British perspective and a Western perspective rather than a Caribbean author so yeah I thought that was really interesting that sounds really good that sounds really good one that I really want to read and when I was reading into it I had become convinced that I wanted to read it and I think you will too when I Mm -hmm. tell you about this so it's called Daylight Come by Diana McCauley um, and it's a book set in 2084 so a long time into the future, well, it's not even that long into the future, is it? But it kind of is. And it's about how climate change has made life on a Caribbean island really difficult so that the sun is so hot that people have to work and live at night and they can't come out in the day. Ooh, and it's basically, good. yeah, and it's basically about like a mother and a daughter who try and flee um, where they're from and kind of hope of a better life. That sounds really interesting. I will definitely add that to my list. Yeah, that is... What was that one called again? It's called Daylight Come. Cool. We will add all of these to the description, by the way. And I forgot to mention um, the author of The Mermaid of Black Conscious, Monique Raffi. Next, I want to talk about And Other Stories, based in Sheffield. And Other Stories 
published Theft by Luke Brown that Beth mentioned in our very first episode, which is kind of part based in the town near where me and Beth are from. Um, yeah, so I wanted to talk about and other stories and the kind of cool stuff that they published and that we're excited to read. They are a very cool press. One of those presses where, which I feel like everything they publish is so different, but they kind of all um, matched up by really quality writing um, and also a complete variety of writing as well. Kate mentioned that I read Theft by Luke Brown, which was a really good book. Um, I really enjoyed that one. Um, another one which I am midway through um, is Lena Wolf's Many People Die Like You. It's translated short stories um, and it, it is really interesting so far. They're quite weird stories, but I kind of like that about short stories because you can get a little bit freaky. Yeah, I've I've read many a, a strange short story. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's the only time that writers can kind of go a bit mental without it. You know what I mean? In a short story, you can kind of explore really weird avenues. Yeah, we're both planning on reading uh, "What You Could Have Won" by Rachel Jen. Yes, that is um, right next to me right now. Yeah, can you read the blurb? Because I'm not actually sure what that's about. Of course, I can. <laughs> of course, I can. By the way, just to give um, people a description of the front cover, it's like. How pretty is it? I don't know if you can see this. Um, It's so nice and it has a donut on it. So that's fun. I might have to buy the full cover so it doesn't have the white board around it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So nice. Um, Right. So I'll read out the blurb. It's quite short. Fame is the only thing worth having. Love is temporary brain damage. Or so thinks Henry Sinclair, a failing psychiatrist. Henry claws his way into the limelight by transforming his girlfriend, Astrid, a singer in ascendance into a drug experiment as Astrid collapses deeper into dependence between New York, Paris and a Greek beach retreat. What emerges is a two-sided toxic relationship. What you could have won is a relationship born of regrettable events and a novel about female resilience in the face of social control. And that sounds right up our street, Beth. It does. It does. I'm very excited to read that. And I'm very interested to see kind of how this toxic relationship kind of plays out. It's not a very long book. 230 pages. I think those are the books of time. Oh, I love them. Them, You know, you can just whip through a book in one night and you just feel so accomplished. And I like that because you kind of gripped to it even more. Mm. I would like to talk about as well Blue Moose books. Oh, I love Blue Moose. We're coming spots. in with Blue Moose. They are based in Hebden Bridge, which is they in are. Yorkshire. We love Yorkshire. We love Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah, so Blue Moose are very lovely and very successful. Successful, that is the uh, word I would use, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, considering the size of the press, they get some absolute bangers out there. One of the books you mentioned to me was Leonard and Hungry Paul by Raymond Yes. Hattie honestly that is such a good book like I was saying to Kate earlier like the epitome of books that I really love are like where writers can bring like complete normalcy and mundane lives to life with like just writing power and like the sheer ability to create like a really good story it's such a chill enjoyable read heartwarming lovely um it's basically about a relationship between two 
um, seemingly unremarkable men and their like contrasting personalities and their their goals, their lives, um, and what they aspire for, um, and their kind of interaction. It's just a really nice book, and the author is also so lovely. Um, yes. I follow him on Twitter. Shout yeah. out to Ronan Hassian if you're listening. I hope I'm saying his name right now. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's how I'd pronounce it. Yeah. Sorry if we pronounce anybody's names wrong at any point. Yeah. But I, the thing, because obviously Leonard and Hungry Paul has done really, really well and lots of people have read it and lots of people know it. But the time that I knew that Leonard and Hungry Paul had done well was because if you think about the people in your life who you wouldn't consider as in the book community, like the kind of active book community, but they you know, they read sometimes, they read occasionally on the beach and they get a commercial read mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, never, ever, ever in my life have I seen a person like that in my life with an indie press book in their hand no um, I haven't. and I saw um one of my mum's friends carrying Leonard and Hungry Paul in her handbag and I really just thought they've made it because that's like it's so hard to get to those readers that aren't in those kind of bookish circles yeah that's so true I always find that as well like because I think a lot of bookshops in terms of like the bigger bookshops like Waterstones and obviously yeah. Amazon as well um there's less like money behind it into in terms of like big marketing deals or like promotion budgets yeah and you don't really see indie press titles making it to like the having their own display in the shop or you know having those kind of special edition versions for waterstones or whatever so yeah I think um it's a a real achievement when something like that happens yeah and people like clearly so much word of mouth about it and I think it was great and I remember it making me really happy when I saw it I was like yes she's going to tell all her friends and then (laughs) they're all going to buy it yeah that happened to me the other night actually because um I was watching some YouTube videos um of this like fashion YouTuber that I used to watch and I was like you know when you feel nostalgic and you like yeah catch up with this person that I used to feel like I was best friends with yeah they do nothing um, about my life yeah and she like did a book haul for lockdown but yeah, I was watching this video and she like held up boy parts um, Did she? by Eliza Clark, which is published by Influx Press. And I was like, oh my God, I literally took a picture of it and sent it to Eliza Clark. So I was like, this is really cool because she's a very big YouTuber as well. Yeah. And um, the the video had like 20,000 views and I was like, oh my God, I wonder how many sales she gets from this video. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's exciting when somebody um, outside of the bookish circles are screaming about a indie press book yes i love their logo i'm on their website now oh it's so cute it's just a little blue moose it's perfect i really want one of their mugs they have mugs yeah they have mugs (laughs) yeah they have mugs (laughs) yeah i'm pretty sure i don't know if they sell them or it's like exclusive for fans of blue moose but hey blue moose if you want to hit us up with some mugs yeah we'll, we'll take them we'll sip I will. Them. <laughs> i'll happily <laughs> sip it on the podcast that nobody can see yeah we'll sip them audibly so people can hear us yeah so a book which i really really liked from blue moose this year yeah it came out earlier this year is um saving lucia or lucia either way i'm apologizing in advance um by anna vort who is a lovely author um we both follow her on twitter she's like a big hug in the twitter world yes very lovely and positive and 
honest as an author as well. And this book was so unique and well-researched, I think, and really, really well-written as well. So this is the synopsis to give you a little, in a nutshell, description. How would it be if four lunatics went on a tremendous adventure, reshaping their pasts and futures as they went, including killing Mussolini? What if one of those people were a fascinating, forgotten, aristocratic assassin and the others a fellow life co-patient, James Joyce's daughter, Lucia, another, the first psychoanalysis patient, known to history simply as Anna O, and finally, 19th century Paris's queen of the hysterics, Blanche Whitman. That would be extraordinary, wouldn't it? How would it all be possible? Because, as the assassin Lady Violet Gibson will tell you, those who are confined have the very best imaginations. Oh, that is such a good blurb. I know. I am hooked. I feel like, you know, if you submitted that to a publisher, I just feel like I'll take it. Yeah, I don't even need to read the book. Like, I will just yeah. publish it. But honestly, I love that book. And um, we both really enjoyed another short story collection from Annavore as well called Famished. And that was published by Influx this year. Some very gruesome short stories there. Yeah. And really good. So, yeah. Very spooky season. writing, lovely author and a really good book. I also want to mention something about Blue Moose, which I think applies to all kind of indie presses in this in this country and probably other countries as well. They don't get enough credit for how radical their publishing is, I think, and how they kind of discover these amazing authors who like sometimes go on to bigger publishers or go on to win these like massive awards. One of their like bigger authors at Blue Moose is Ben Myers, who is like now I think considered to be one of like the biggest writers in the North, if not the UK. Yeah. Um, and his book, The Gallows Pole, was originally published by Blue Moose. And I think it just speaks to how incredible like these tiny presses can be on like taking a chance on authors and then um seeing their success grow. It's just a testament to their bravery. I think that's the best thing about indie publishers because I think both me and you as readers and I think a lot of people are actually like this if I see a debut author I normally want to read the book regardless of what it is yeah I I don't know why I'm more drawn to debuts than I am even if you know people have got loads out I'm like you know what debuts need my uh, attention and I it's not necessarily just debuts but like the fact that indie presses kind of have this like wealth of writers that I've never heard of and I love that I like it feels you know where you get something that's really special that kind of you feel like only you know about and obviously that's yeah. not true but it kind of feels like that it's more I special know what you mean. I think with um debuts as well it's kind of that feeling of like com- sometimes it's quite overwhelming like starting with an author you know like s- someone like I don't know Hilary Mantel who has oh, like my goodness yes and it feels like you can't get to know them as quickly as you can at a debut yeah I just really enjoy Blue Moose. So shout out to Blue Moose. Shout out. Right, next I want to talk about, I keep saying I want to talk about, like we haven't already decided what we want to talk (laughs) about, but we want to talk about, and I think they're quite new, Fly on the Wall Press. Yes. I think they're based in Manchester. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And they're a not-for-profit independent publishing house, and it's founded and run by Isabella Kenyon. Isabel Kenyon. Isabel Kenyon. They are, I think they're quite new to the publishing scene, but 
some of the stuff that they're putting out there is really, really interesting. I'm currently reading the Mancunian Ways anthology, um, which is a really eclectic mix of like creative work from um, Mancunians, um, whether that be photography, fiction or poetry. And I think just stuff like that is a really unique thing for a small press to be doing, especially at a time like this where people are feeling like they need to come together and like find solidarity in our like human spirit, especially in Manchester in recent weeks with the whole Andy Burnham, King of the North situation. We love Andy Burnham here. Come on the podcast. Andy Burnham. Come and join us. Imagine um, if Andy Burnham came, came on the podcast. Can you imagine him like talking about his favourite books? Anyway, yeah. back to Fly on the Wall Press. It has nothing to do with that. Another one that I've read by Fly on the Wall Press is The Goddess of Macau. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, Macau is basically a... It was like a fir- the first one of the first European settlements in Asia. Oh, and it has like a really interesting history because of that. Um, and kind of has like really tense relationships between um, Europe and China. And it's basically this collection of short stories by um, an author called Graham Hall. And it's a very short book. It's very small. And it just tells lots of um, different stories about the people that live in this settlement, this place. Um, it's 79 pages so it's very it's very short but it's all about like there's some stories about fortune tellers there's some about um lovers trying to escape the city there's some about um sex workers like kind of all different kinds of stories um that sounds really good yeah it was it was really good I really enjoyed it and that's published by Flat on the Wall Press nice nice lovely yeah that another great indie press to support if you're looking for books to read during this dull time <laughs> spice up your life spice up your life with some fly on the wall press yeah i love that name as well i wonder where they um got that inspiration from fly on the wall i don't maybe know maybe it's something cyrus about song. like uh, <laughs> <laughs> i think it was miley cyrus that settled i think it that. was yeah oh my god what a song I don't mind now I literally used to listen to that album like through my iPod headphones in my bedroom when I was like 11 (laughs) whenever it came out and like think I was so cool like proper like jamming to that song don't you wish that you could be a fly on the wall yeah or Miley Cyrus (laughs) either or Miley Cyrus I'll take either so another indie northern press to be aware of is the Uclan Publishing House. Um, so Uclan is the University of Central Lancashire and they are based in Preston, I think, the yeah. publishing house, um, but they have a university in Blackpool as well and also Lancaster. Um, so very close to home for us and they publish some amazing books for primarily YA and children's fiction, I believe. Yeah, I think um, so. But honestly, the design of their books and the stories that they're putting out there are so interesting. And um, we were talking about before how they kind of publish these stories from across Lancashire and really like capturing that regional um, diversity that we both really support and want to see in books for children that are growing up Lancashire. 
but one book in particular which has recently come out Gracie Fairshaw and the Mysterious Guest by Suzanne Brownrigg I I really want to read this obviously I'm not a child but I am interested in reading this for the purposes of it being set in Blackpool um obviously we've mentioned Blackpool a few times on here because we're both well I'm from Blackpool Kate's from near near Blackpool up the road a little bit but both on the same kind of coastline it sounds so good um so the synopsis of this book for anyone who's interested is Gracie Fairshaw and her family have barely moved into the majestic a Blackpool boarding house when Ma mysteriously vanishes she teams up with her young brother George and befriends siblings Violet and Tom and maid Phyllis they must work out why one of the guests a con man conjurer has made Ma disappear which sounds brilliant to me and it's it's very like Cluedo like mystery but for children um, and it reminds me of um Robin Stevens um she does like the murder most unladylike children's series uh, yeah. and I love them and I've got them on my shelf and it gives me those vibes kind of like a a children's mystery but anybody like you don't have to be a child anybody yeah, exactly. I would read this it sounds so good I've just I was just looking at a review before um so it is set in the 1930s and apparently there's all these sort of Blackpool kind of locations oh. and themes mentioned like the golden mile uh the illuminations maybe even the pleasure beach although i'm oh. not sure if that was around yeah it was in the 30s wasn't it i have no idea of the history of the pleasure beach um so um, yeah Butte clan publishing another one we highly recommend especially if you're looking for like children's middle grade ya fiction yeah and they have um, lots of books that like if you're interested in they do have lots of books that are actually set in the north. Like there's one called Kicking Off by Eve Ainsworth. And I think that's about like, it tells the story of um, a women's football team. Um, and it's like historical. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah. The Dick Kerr Girls or something. So that looks really good. And there's one called The Witching Stone, um, which tells like the, the sto- a historical story about like witchcraft and stuff. So I think there's lots of good stuff that they're publishing and it's really cool they're literally like not far at all from us they're the closest publishers to to me I used to go past UCLan all the time when I went to college so I think that's really cool and they have a really good MA program there apparently um I think that is all the presses that we have to talk about today but that obviously isn't all of the uh northern presses that are out there there are so many more but that was just a few of the ones that are kind of on our list at the moment that we love or that we want to read but if you have any that you want to shout about just get in touch with us and we'll shout about it for you (laughs) we will yes there are so many amazing indie presses in the north doing such wonderful things and obviously we can't mention all of them but we're hoping that through this you can maybe find some new books and pick up some new recommendations and possibly purchase them too and maybe buy them from directly from the indie publishers too and so they can survive this horrible time i agree so yeah shall we wrap up there then yeah we'll wrap up thank you very much for listening to this episode and we hope that you will join us again next time goodbye thank you everybody goodbye